All right, guys, thank you for that. We are here with our second community segment this morning. It's time to talk running on ice with Mary O'Connell. Mary, thank you for being here on this Friday, as always. Got a nice topic to talk about today because we're actually looking at some true rules that govern cold chain and cold chain transport. We talk a lot about, hey, you know, it's right to keep your food safe and, you know, you want to keep it food safe just because safety reasons. But we're actually talking about a full rule that governs us now. The food traceability rule today is our topic. And let's break it down a little bit. What does that mean? So basically the food traceability rule has, a, I don't want to say a handful, but really it's like four pages of listed foods that are now having to be traced down to like the actual like case box level. So basically if you're a Wendy's or any kind of restaurant or we'll start, we'll say Wendy's, for example, you have to be able to, in a sortable spreadsheet, pull up where you got your tomatoes from all the way back to like exactly what plot of land it came from at the farmer's field. So it's something that you have to know everywhere it went throughout its entire journey to get to its end destination. And Mary, jumping into that, I can only imagine this impacts different stages of the supply chain as we start to dive into that. We're looking at this rule. Is this this going to be something that's going to be difficult to implement or really something that is going to be pretty easy to have roll into the overall day-to-day operations? Um, it's going to be something that's, a. it's going to be easy for some people and difficult for others. So obviously those, um, it's going to be trickier for, you know, the carrier and maybe that broker to provide that extra level of visibility. Um, and it won't be too hard on the end user or like the end consumers part, but, um, it will be trickier for some of those, you know, smaller mom and pop restaurants that don't necessarily have, um, the biggest staff. And it's just kind of yet another thing to pile onto that owner's plate. But, um, as far as further up the supply chain, it's not going to be, it's going to be a little tricky, but nothing that, you know, a month or two of trial and error won't, won't uh, be able to figure out. The one thing that gets really tricky though, is that, so certain foods are not exempt. And so, you know, if you have tomatoes or apples or something like that, those need to be traced. However, certain farmers are going to be exempt from this rule for one reason or another. So they're not going to have to provide that piece of visibility, which means whoever picks it up first is going to have to create that kind of born on that born on date that, um, they're going to have to create that backwards tracing to know where it came from. They're going to have to work with that farmer to figure out, okay, well, what plot in your field did this come from? What other things were planted near it? That kind of um, that kind of thing. So it's going to be a little extra work for the carrier or the broker or the shipper, depending on it. I would imagine that this quickly becomes something that you would hand off to your freight partner. Um, so whether that's a carrier or a 3PL or a freight brokerage, I would imagine that shippers are going to look, look to pretty quickly um, offload this because it's going to be a little bit more time-consuming work. Um, And that's something that, you know, if a brokerage or a carrier already has those visibility and tracking tools, it's just going to seamlessly integrate into that. And then um, it will get a little trickier, especially in like your cross-stock situations, because depending on what the product is and what it's cross-stocking with, you know, that that event will need to be notated as well. So it stands to be a hiccup for a hot minute as everyone kind of gets it worked out. But then once the process is in place, you know, it'll just run smoothly, but it, it will not be fun in the beginning. 
This sounds like, of course, an excellent opportunity for technology to step in here, right? And be kind of this ubiquitous bridge between your farmer to your shipper to your freight partner, as well as to your person who ultimately ends up with your goods because they need to be the one who can make sure that they can trace every single step in their supply chain, right? Is there any space in the technology area that exists to kind of help with this kind of thing right now? Or is it going to be something where your tech providers are going to start having to develop something new in order to comply comply with food traceability rules? I think it's going to be a combination of both. So we do have some carriers like we talked about today that do have that capability to break it down to that, like not necessarily the pallet level, but the box level of like where everything is on that shipment. There are carriers that are able to do that through their own technology today. So I think those carriers will quickly rise to the top and they will be able to have that value add ready to go right away. And then I do think that there will be some other um, technology component that will come in very quickly um, to help the rest of everyone that's not necessarily, they don't have that capability to break it down to the box level. I think there will be some kind of workaround because if we've known anything in transportation, you'll have people who are at the peak of technology and, you know, can do just about anything. And then we have some that like to run their supply chains on Excel and that's not a problem except it, it is a problem. <laughs> and Mary, we're looking at that technology. I can only imagine, of course, we're in the age of AI that's going to play a role as well. But we're looking at core components to this technology. Can you talk to the, I guess, essential need for timeliness or real-time analysis and what that really means to the overall operation? Oh, it's absolutely crucial. So the thing is, if... um, if this, uh, if the FDA comes and says, hey, we need to know where you got your tomatoes from, uh, that restaurant or that food provider, they need to be able to pull that up immediately. Like, I think you have like a day or two to get it and set it over to the, uh, to the FDA and it has to be in a sortable spreadsheet. So that is the tech, the the technology and the timeliness of it is absolutely paramount because if you have someone who maybe every month, every three months goes to input this data because you know it's just when they get to it, no big deal, um, that's not going to work because if the FDA goes to pull it and they don't have that data, then everyone along, everyone throughout that step, that supply chain potentially faces fines um, or other complications and, not, and non-compliance with the FDA. So the timeliness and visibility aspect of it is absolutely important. It is arguably one of the most important things about it because the whole reason that this rule was developed was, you know, if someone unfortunately does get sick from a restaurant um, or a food provider, they need to be able to trace where it came from to see if it's a contaminated batch or maybe something was just prepared incorrectly. So, um, and the way to help kind of control and combat, uh, you know, people getting sick also to help prevent food waste. Because if you have something, um, typically it's first in, first out in the produce world and warehouses, but sometimes, you know, this came in yesterday, but it needs to go out today or it's going to spoil. It adds that extra layer, layer of visibility. So that way everyone knows where things are and you don't have a pallet lost in a warehouse somewhere because a pallet of jeans will be just fine, but a pallet of tomatoes is not going to, it, it can't get lost because it's all just going to rot. Absolutely. And it just adds another layer of complexity to an already not easy task. Mary, thank you for joining us this morning. Of course, we can catch Running on Ice this afternoon. And if people want to sign up for your newsletter, where can they go to do that? Just go to freightwaves.com slash running on ice. That's where you're going to keep up with everything cool that happens in freight. 
Awesome, Mary. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to your next episode. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more for this now.